Life, Hope, and Truth presents God's Purpose for You. Written by Eric Jones. Presented by Dave DeHart. Produced by the Church of God, a worldwide association. Chapter 1. What are you? What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? Psalm chapter 8, verse 4. A few thousand years ago, King David pondered the countless stars and asked this question. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, what is man that you are mindful of him? and the Son of Man that you visit. Pay attention to Him. Psalm chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. Today we understand far more than David about how infinitesimally small we are within the immensity of space. But his question remains as big. Do our lives hold any significance in this vast universe? According to science... You are a member of the Homo sapiens species. Categorized under the broad taxonomic classification of Mammalia, placed in the Homididae family, right next to orangutans, gorillas, chimpanzees, and bonobos. Evolutionists say Homo sapiens evolved from a long line of primates hundreds of thousands of years ago. Evolution theorizes that all life formed out of a primordial soup of chemicals brought together in a perfect mixture when comets and meteorites struck the earth, perhaps four billion years ago. If true, then we are nothing more than an organic conglomeration that somehow came into being and gradually evolved into more complex life forms, eventually into a primate that developed a brain that surpassed all other life and intelligence. If this theory is true, then the entire question, why were you born, is moot. If, on the other hand, human life was created by a creator who made everything for a purpose, it is not meaningless. But what could the meaning be? To begin unlocking the mystery of you, we must first ask, what exactly is a human being? To answer, we must go back to the beginning. The real beginning. Necessary context. The logical place to start is in the Bible's book of origins, Genesis which takes us back to the beginning of the created order. First, though, we must make a slight detour. The Gospel of John actually describes a time that predates Genesis 1. This book opens with, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.1 Before the creation of anything... Only these two divine beings existed, both known as God. They existed together for eternity, composed of immortal spirit, 
perfect in character and in total loving harmony. Though equal in spiritual power, the Word submitted to the direction and authority of the being known as the Father. The Word would later come to the earth as the Son of God, Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verse 14. Their relationship was one that we can, considering additional scriptures we will see, best described as a family. Among the most amazing of God's capabilities is one revealed throughout the universe, creativity. John addressed that in verse 3. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Given this responsibility, the Word first created beings known as angels. These beings were given spirit life in the heavenly realm, but were created inherently different and at a lower level than God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. They were servants, or agents under His direction, to assist Him in the care of the created order. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 5, 7, and 14. He created millions, perhaps billions or trillions of these beings. Daniel chapter 7 verse 10 and Revelation chapter 5 verse 11. He gives them orders and they obey. Psalm chapter 103 verses 20 and 21. Then the Word created the physical universe. He created the heavens and stretched them out. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 5. All the vastness of space, with its uncountable galaxies, stars, and planets. He then chose a spot within the physical universe to fashion a unique planet, Earth, designed to be inhabited by physical life. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 18. The angels, upon seeing the earth, shouted for joy. Job chapter 38 verse 7. The habitation for humanity was set, and God's plan was ready to move forward. But at some point before humans were created, something happened. The angels God had created served in various functions in His government. The highest ranking, and most powerful, were called archangels, or chief princes. Daniel chapter 10 verse 13 and Jude, chapter 1, verse 9. The Bible identifies three, Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. They served at the very throne of God, and Lucifer, it seems, had responsibility over beautifying and caring for the earth after its creation. But something terrible happened. Lucifer allowed pride to enter into his thinking, which eventually led to horrific actions. He became convinced that he should rule all things instead of God, and then convinced one-third of the angels to follow him in a deluded attempt to overthrow God. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, and Revelation chapter 12, verse 4. Their combined power was no match for their creators. Their effort was crushed, and Lucifer 
and his angels were cast out of heaven. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 16 and Luke chapter 10 verse 18. It seems that this titanic battle left the created order in ruin. Lucifer became known as Satan, the adversary, and his angels became demons. The Pinnacle of God's Creation We now come to Genesis. The first chapter tells how God recreated the earth after it had been laid waste. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 He spent five days preparing its environment for human habitation. On the sixth day, He created human life, the pinnacle of His physical creation. Throughout Genesis 1, the Hebrew word for God is Elohim, which is the plural version of Eloah, meaning Mighty One. Verse 26 illustrates this well. Then God said, Let us, plural, make man in our image according to our likeness. The use of this word introduces a wonderful truth that fully emerges later in the Bible, that God is a family, and that the two members of that family, the Father and the Word, were both intimately involved in the creation of man. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God He created him, male and female He created them. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Considering this, along with John chapter 1, verse 3, we see that the Father gave the direction and the Word carried it out. But what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Created after the God kind. Before creating man on the sixth day, God made plant and animal life. Animals, insects, birds, and sea creatures were each created according to its kind, each unique and different, demonstrating God's incredible creativity and love of variety. But they were fundamentally different from Him in two areas, image and instinct. The creatures of the earth were not made in God's image, They were imbued with instinct instead of the higher level of intelligence that is found in humans. He gave the animals certain programmed aptitudes, such as a bird's ability to build a nest, but nothing like human intellect. But with man, God used an entirely different pattern, creating Adam in his own image. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. The Hebrew word, translated image, is silim. It means a representation, likeness, or resemblance. In the New Testament, we read that we were made in the likeness of God. James chapter 3, verse 9, English Standard Version. So, God took earthen matter and shaped it into His likeness, using Himself as the pattern. The Bible describes God as having a face, eyes, and nose. Exodus chapter 33 verse 11, Proverbs 15 verse 3, and Psalm 18 verse 8. 
So he shaped us with a face, eyes, and nose. God's arms, hands, and fingers are the model for our arms, hands, and fingers. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 10, Psalm 110, verse 1, and Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. God also created us different from animals in a second way. Instead of giving us instinct alone, He gave us advanced mental abilities, similar to His, though on a finite and limited scale. We were given the ability to engage in higher-level cognitive activity, to think, reason, use logic, and make decisions. Just as God is a designer and builder, so He gave humans the same capabilities. As God loves beauty and music, He gave us the ability to create and appreciate beauty and music. As God feels emotions, like joy and anger, He gave us a wide range of emotions. As God is love and desires relationships, He gave us the ability to love and a desire for relationships. All of these mental and emotional abilities were given to us through the Spirit in man, Job chapter 32 verse 8 and 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. We'll learn more about this at the end of the chapter, the Spirit in man and the Spirit of God. Yes, animals were created after their own kind, horses after the horse kind, birds after the bird kind, for example, but humans were different. When God formed Adam from the dust of the ground, He used a very specific design, Himself. We were created in God's image and likeness, after the God kind. THE GAP BETWEEN GOD AND MAN Even though we were created in God's image and likeness, there yet remains an enormous gap between Him and us. Consider this analogy. Imagine a sculptor crafting a clay bust of himself. He spends hours studying his own features and measuring the dimensions of his head to shape an exact replica. But no matter how strong the resemblance is, there is a huge gap between him and the sculpture. The bust is clay, but he is flesh. The bust is inanimate, merely his likeness, but he is a living human being with creative intellect. Likewise, although we were created after the God kind, there are three major differences between us and our Creator. First, God formed us out of the dust of the ground, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Our bodies, composed of physical flesh and blood, eventually wear out. Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, Job chapter 10, verse 9, and Psalm 104, verse 29. God, on the other hand, is composed of non-material, limitless spirit. John 4.24 Spirit is invisible to us and is all-powerful, 
not bound by the laws of the material universe. Psalm 115, verse 3, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, and 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. Second, God made us mortal. He told Adam that if he sinned, he would surely die. Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. When God first breathed life into Adam, he became a living being, the Hebrew word nephesh, which essentially means a living, breathing, mortal life. Job chapter 4, verse 17, Ezekiel 18, 20, and Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Upon death, we return to dust. Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 20. You can also reference our article, Did God Give Adam an Immortal Soul? at lifehopeandtruth.com. God, on the other hand, has existed and will continue to exist for all eternity. Psalm 90, verse 2, and Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Third, God formed man with the ability to think and choose. This is often called free moral agency. The most critical choices in life are those of morality. Each of us has the freedom to choose to live according to the moral laws of our Creator, or according to our own ideas. God, on the other hand, is perfect in character, righteous in all His ways. Psalm 145, verse 17. His nature is totally characterized by love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, and Exodus 34, verse 6. These are huge differences between God and us, but they don't have to be permanent. As we will see, God desires to enable us to bridge this gap. Why were we created physical? So why didn't He simply create perfect spirit beings like Himself? Why did He first create us as physical, mortal beings? Consider that He first created the angels of immortal spirit, but much lower than Himself in power and potential. Luke chapter 20, verse 36, and Hebrews chapter 1, verses 5 through 14. They lived in a perfect universe, but given the ability to make their own choices, one-third of them willingly rebelled by following Lucifer. Revelation chapter 12, verse 4. Satan and his demons will live forever as corrupted, sinful beings. We might think that God could have created spirit beings without free choice, like robots preset to behave only in perfect obedience. But such programmed beings would never truly be His children, made in His image. It was not God's purpose to share eternity with a family of spiritual automatons. He would not view such as children any more than we would consider household robots to be our children. So He created us as beings after His kind. Yet, incomplete, we have His form, 
mental characteristics, and free choice, but we do not have the fullness of His divine existence. According to His perfectly designed plan, we must first develop His spiritual character before we can be entrusted with eternal life at His level. As we will see in the next chapter, God gave the first human beings the opportunity to make this choice. Sidebar to Chapter 1 The Spirit in Man and the Spirit of God The Spirit in Man is the spirit essence that God gives every human being. It's what separates us from animals and gives us the mental capabilities that make us uniquely human. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It gives us abilities like creativity, emotions, the capability to understand advanced concepts, all patterned on divine abilities. This is a major way we are made in God's image. The spirit in man is undetectable by any physical means, but its effects are very easy to observe by comparing a human being to an animal. The spirit in man, however, only gives us the ability to understand the things of our realm, the things of a man. In order to truly understand God, we need another spirit. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God, by which we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. When people receive the Spirit of God, they are given access to the very mind of God. It is the power God uses to reveal His truth, John 16.13, and through which He helps us obey Him and develop His character, 2 Peter 1.3. It is how we can partake of the divine nature in this life, verse 4. But it also performs another important function. It begets us as God's children. Romans 8.14 and verse 16. When we are baptized and receive the laying on of hands, we are begotten into the God family. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4. It is through that Spirit that we have the opportunity for eternal life. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 and Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14. If we remain faithful... Jesus Christ will transform us from physical beings with His Holy Spirit to fully born children composed of spirit. John 3, verse 6. Thanks for listening. For the next chapter of this booklet, continue with episode 3, God's Purpose for You.